Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I got plenty of college basketball on the televisions right now. Jimmy V Classic. We got coming up next. We got Villanova and Kansas State in overtime. But let's talk some gopher basketball right now here on the show with a guy that covers the gophers. Gopher athletics in general, football, basketball, you name it. His name is Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and he joins us now here, courtesy of the John Schuster Call Banker Hotline. First off, Andy, happy holidays to you and yours. Yeah, same to you, Lake. How you been? Uh, I've been good. It's been busy. You know, the transfer portal uh, makes my life a, a lot busier, and, and Minnesota United's been busy with their GM and, and head coach, and and that's uh, on top of a, of a basketball team that's in the middle of its season. So yeah, it's, it's a busy time for me right now. Yeah, really busy. And let's start with the Gopher basketball team, men's team, because uh, I got a couple of different things I want to ask you tonight. Um, yeah. they, they fall in their first game of the, uh, the conference schedule against Ohio State on the road, 84-74. Um, one thing that I've stated the last couple of weeks when I've been on other people's shows and they've asked me about Gopher basketball and – from just from what I've seen up close and personal from the game that I went and watched a couple of weeks ago. When I look at the Golden Gophers, we all know that in college basketball, you need strong guard play. Uh, in my opinion, um, and I love Ben Adep, but they don't have that. They, they've got some good post players. Dawson Garcia's been solid. Uh, Pharrell Payne's got a, a ton of talent. But I, I just don't know about the rest of the squad and specifically the guards. W- w- what do you make from what you've seen um, coming out of that 84-74 game against Ohio State. Yeah, um, you know, I think it was the turnovers that, that bit him again. And I think, to your point about guard play, obviously they have the ball in their hand most often, and uh, it's, it hasn't been consistent enough. Obviously, Elijah Hawkins is their transfer point guard from, from Howard, and he helped take them to the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, he can he can fill up this, the assist column, and he can also fill up the turnover column. And I think you see that in his numbers this year. I think he's averaging somewhere around five assists and and three turnovers. And that assist to turnover ratio isn't nearly good enough. You know, he can he can push the pace and, and create and transition, uh, but he can also get too uh, too aggressive and outside himself and turn the ball over. And I think that's what you saw uh, at times. Not only him, but the other guard playing the team overall of nine first half turnovers at Ohio State, and that's what put them in a, in a big hole and, and something that they couldn't get out of. You know, Andy, one of the things that I'm disappointed about with Gopher basketball is the lack of development from uh, Braden Carrington. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get yeah. it. I don't understand. Like, like this is a guy, 
uh, coming out of Park Center. His pedigree was won a state title, was a shooter, has a nice, strong build. He's not a short guy. He's a tall guy. Why is he ineffective right now? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And, you know, we talked to Ben about him today, and it sounds like uh, he's been dealing with a wrist injury. So I don't think that's why – I think that's why he's not shooting it very well or shooting it as much uh, so far this year. I think defensively he's been, you know, pretty good. There was a New Orleans player that was, I think, top five in the nation in scoring, and, and Brayden did a nice job, you know, shutting him down primarily uh, defensively. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of an injury that he's been dealing with. Um, but I think defensively he's been there. I think offensively they, he's been kind of an afterthought when you look at, at how they how they run things offensively. So I think the goal is to kind of to get him going and, and to see that that jump because they did put a lot and invest a lot in him last year with all the playing time they gave not only him but Pharrell Payne and Joshua Joseph. Well, let me let me ask you about just you know from what you saw on Sunday. How would you evaluate that that game? Do you see any maybe steps moving forward from the team? Were there any positives to take out of that performance? Out of that performance on Sunday, um, you know the way that they continue to fight and get back in the game. You know, I think it was it was more frustrating to see the turnovers continually plague this team. Obviously, you know when you look at what happened a week ago on Sunday at San Francisco, um, and they had just I think a season high eighteen turnovers, and they talked about being too casual and careless with the ball. And I think the frustrating part is that's what you saw again in the first half at Ohio state. So that's my biggest takeaway is just the continual frustration uh, with turning the ball over like they have. But I think you, you saw them continually fight and, and try to get back in the game. Obviously Dawson Garcia you know, has a career high, I think 36 points. He's really their go-to guy, but they need other guys around and they need Pharrell Payne to continually step up. They need Mike Mitchell and Cam Crucey to, to hit more threes and, like we talked about, they need Elijah Hawkins to take care of the ball better. How weird was it to see Jameson battle in an Ohio State Buckeyes uniform? Yeah, it was it was strange <laughs> to see him like that. He's he's such a he's, when he was in Minnesota, he was such a mild mannered kid. So then to see him talk trash on the on the first possession when he hits a three, and then later in the game he stares down the Gopher bench and holds up three fingers. I think that was very startling. I, I think you know Gopher fans. Really took exception to that, and, and I think we're trying are going to try to remember that when they come back here to uh, to the barn in, in February, uh, just because you know they look at it and like, like, dude, you left us. We didn't do anything uh, against you. We didn't, you know, kind of you know push you out the door or anything. He's the one that said he wanted to to go play abroad, and then other teams saw that and started offering him nil money, and that's why he landed at Ohio State, and also an opportunity he feels to to win with a, with a team that usually goes to the tournament. So I think that was the oddest part is just seeing, you know, the fire and kind of the trash talking and, and show showboating that he did in that game. You know, since we last chatted and we're talking to Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer press here on the Lake show, uh, the Gophers found out that they're going to the, uh, the quick lane bowl, right? That the name of it. That is. Yep. All right. So, so, so going back there, I should say, cause they've been like three years in like the last five or six years or whatever. So, but what, what does the quarterback situation look like? I, I know that they've added this, this FCS kid uh, in the transfer portal, but in terms of for the bowl game specifically, be, because uh, Athon has moved on, what does that situation look like? Yeah. So obviously, you know, their season ends, or the regular season ends against uh, Wisconsin. And, and I think two days later, they're starting quarterback, Ethan Kelly McManus, 
decided to enter the transfer portal, and I think that came as a surprise uh, to a lot of people. And then their third-string quarterback, Drew Vioto, that same day entered the transfer portal. And their backup quarterback, Cole Kramer from Eden Prairie, uh, participated in senior day and was was looking to to leave the program and, and maybe go somewhere else to play. Uh, so at one point, you know, they were down to a they were down to a, a walk-on uh, freshman, Max Shikinjansky, uh, the the son of Jim Shikinjansky. Yeah, and, I haven't seen uh, Jim in a while. Was, yeah, there was a point where he was going to be the starting quarterback in the bowl game. It sounds like, but Cole Kramer's coming back and. And the backup is probably going to lead them uh, going forward. But yeah, to your to your point, they added Max Brosmer uh, from the University of New Hampshire, who led FCS in, in passing yards, and you know, kind of just looked at as kind of a four-star type transfer, uh, a guy that they got a commitment from on Sunday. Uh, so they got the quarterback for next year, uh, but the bowl game is going to be a patchwork. Are you surprised at the number of quality quarterbacks that are in the portal? Like what we're seeing, yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, pretty, I mean, some of the names that I saw on ESPN yesterday, I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, obviously Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma and and Kyle McCord at Ohio State were the two headliners that entered the portal on the the first official day uh, yesterday. And you kind of look at that, and you're like, "If you're leaving Oklahoma and you're leaving Ohio State, you know, what does that say about just the overall landscape?" But it's not only quarterbacks; it's it's over a thousand players entered the portal. Uh, yesterday on the first official day outside of graduate transfers like Max Brosmer, the Gophers got, and it's just a, it's just an abundance, right? And the, the math doesn't add up. There's going to be more players that don't have a place to go than do. Um, so it's it's kind of like you look at it and you're like, well, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And sometimes you come out of it and you're like, there's no grass at all. There's just sand. I'm stuck here, and you're kind of you're kind of stuck there. So it's. It's 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 a wild landscape, and you know you think after the first year, where the similar thing happened last year, that it would probably calm down. Uh, but if anything, it's wilder. I just think that, I just think that PJ has to crush the transfer portal. I think he's got to do a decent job, man, because I think that he has to do everything within his power to get that momentum back. Because right now he doesn't have it. Yeah, well, I, I think you know two things. Number one. Uh, it's wild because usually I would just report on players that were leaving, uh, but now I'm reporting on players that are staying, right? Obviously, Darius Taylor, you know, their star running back who, you know, was the Big Ten leading rusher coming out of September. There's a lot of rumors circulating about, you know, why he wasn't playing at the end of the year. He was just going to leave like Bucky Irving did and, and take an NIL payday somewhere else. And here we go again. And, and P.J. Flex saying, you know, hey, they're a AAA ball club, and this is going to be the latest example of that. Uh, but Darius Taylor decided to stay, and, and Daniel Jackson decided to stay, and Justin Wally decided to stay. So there's, it's not only you know having defections, it's also retaining those guys. And I think you know you look at the at the roster and and the the amount of players that played last year, and there are very few seniors. Obviously, there's some top end guys like Tyler Newbin and Brevin Span Ford that are that are moving on, but there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, players, a lot of quality players, a lot of developing players on this roster, and they haven't had a whole lot of defections, Henry. They've only had, you know, seven defections. And you look at some of the other teams uh, around the conference, and they've had, you know, twice that or even more. And some of these defections, you look at it and you're like, well, that's not going to hurt that bad. So it's also clearing space to bring in other guys. So I agree with you that they need, you know, especially a, a running back and wide receiver and cornerback. Uh, those are probably the top three spots that they need to add. But it's also just, you know, kind of retaining and, and not having so many losses as well. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. 
All right, final thing, and then we'll let you go, Andy. I just want your honest assessment or thought on uh, su- Sunday morning when Florida State yeah. is left out of the college football playoff. Just what was your reaction to that, man? Because I just I, – I, my heart is broken for those kids. I, look, I know that life's going to go on. They're going to be just fine and all that. But I, I just think that that sets a bad precedent for you uh, for, uh, for college football. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad because it's, it's, it comes down to why do we play the games then? You yep. know, if you're just going to give the SEC a, you know, a, a guaranteed automatic bid, which is exactly, which is essentially what happened, it's like, why do we play these games? Why did, why does everybody matter outside of the quarterback? Obviously, Jordan Travis was a phenomenal player, but they still won the ACC without him. They still beat a ranked, uh, you know, Louisville team. They beat a Duke team that was ranked. They beat an LSU team in the season opener. It really took it to them in that game. So that's going to have the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, it's just unfortunate to see the fact that that the games don't matter, right? I mean, I understand that the, the argument would be, well, if you put Alabama and, and Florida State on the same field, what's the spread going to be? It's probably going to be Alabama by a touchdown or more. But that's not the point. The point is, is, is are you an undefeated team? Have you done the business all season long to take care of it, right? And Alabama, you know, lost to Texas and had barely got out of the Iron Bowl against Auburn and, and didn't look very good at other times. But to penalize the team because they lost their quarterback just kind of, you know, it's, it's just it's just sad and unfortunate, and, and the circumstances change and the criteria change underneath the Seminoles' feet. Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. Hey, Andy, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. I will, I'll talk to you soon, and uh, happy holidays, man. Yeah, same to you. Take care, man. All right, take care. That's Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press joining us here on The Lake Show. All right, 651-461-9226. If you'd like to weigh in on anything that was discussed or talked about, uh, you can do that via the text line. But coming up next, we've got Word on the Street on The Lake Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, that's the question that I have. What is the word on the street tonight here on The Lake Show? I've asked that question. Christopher Tubbs will be the person that will be taking care of that and answering that question for us. All right, well, let's get to it. H. Lake. Actor Sean Astin is acknowledging a little nepotism may have helped him get his start in Hollywood, and he's okay with it. 
Aston, who's appeared in nearly 200 television shows and films, including The Goonies, Rudy, and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, grew up in Hollywood as the son of actors John Aston and Patty Duke. Quote, life is hard, work is hard, finding your way in the world is hard. So when people have some good fortune, I don't begrudge that, he said. I don't begrudge myself for having been born into a family where I was given a lot. I also feel that comes with a lot of responsibility. You have the opportunity to embrace it or not. So, yeah, you know, nailed it. He joked about being a Nepo baby. Obviously, Nepo show for nepotism. In 1985, he landed the lead in the Goonies and often attends. Love uh, Goonies. Yeah. He attends fan conventions with panels for the movie in the Lord of the Ring franchise. Uh, I'm at a stage in my life where I realize that this is what the uh, movie does. Shows you that for every choice you make, your life is totally different. Hopefully people will be carried along with the journey of this this, uh, post-apocalyptic experience. As he's uh, talking about his latest project called The Shift. And he, uh, he was also Bob in Stranger Things. So... I kind of appreciate him just being like, yeah. I love how I love the honesty, man. I was given it, but I took advantage. Yeah, I I love the honesty. Uh, that's about as great of some quotes as you're going to find from a nepo baby. Yeah, seriously, like, I love everything about that. He was Mikey and Goonies. Look, Goonies is an all time. It's a classic. Classic. It, yes, it, is, it is a classic. Yeah, an absolute classic. So yeah, shout out, shout out to him for owning it. Yeah, I, I everybody knows it, but again, you can be born into privilege and not take advantage. Like he took advantage of it. you don't get you don't get a spot in Rudy, the Goonies, you know, Fifty First Dates, Stranger Things, Lord of the Rings. Like you don't get these if you don't have the chops. Yeah. So yeah, great, great for Sean Astin. Kudos to him. Hey, kudos as well to Nicolas Cage. Because he's a movie star with more than 100 film credits, but the Oscar-winning actor may be ready to try something new. In an interview with Uproxx published yesterday, quote, I feel I pretty much uh, said what I've needed to say with cinema. I'd say adios. I did what I had to do with cinema, and I want to move on now. Now, he's currently starring in Dream Scenario. He has four more film projects he's slated to appear in. After that, he said he's hopeful for a post-film career, that will allow him to, quote, switch formats and go into some other way of expressing my acting. Hmm. I'm very interested in immersion streaming with episodic television. A lot of big words being used by Nick Cage. Really impressed with this. I've seen things that can be done now with characters in the time they've been given to express themselves. Of course, his credits have allowed him to explore the margins of film performance in every genre. Basically, he's saying he wants to do some television. While a format switch is appealing to him, the 59-year-old also wishes to spend more quality time with his family, including his newborn baby daughter. Quote, what's important is my children, he said. I can find an episodic show uh, to do that stays in one place where I don't have to keep leaving. We can all be together. That on a personal level would be great. You know who I got to get back on the show? It's Josh Rodden. Yes. I'd love to talk to him about what are the, the differences and the difficulties between going from movies to TV mm-hmm. or TV to movies. Yeah. Because he knows all about that. Great question. Yeah, he was in the you know critically acclaimed Dahmer Netflix series. I think it yeah. was Netflix. Yeah, did a great job. Great job in that one. Somebody that did not do a great job is George Santos. 
and he's got a big F you to everyone at HBO, vowing to go after the channel and streaming platform for developing a new movie about his controversial political career. Now, the recently booted congressman sounded off to TMZ after HBO optioned the rights to uh, Mark Chisano's new book, The Fabulous, The Lying, Hustling, Grifting, Stealing, and Very American Legend of George Santos, blasting it as defamatory and misappropriating his name and likeness. Santos says he has zero involvement in what he calls a fictitious story. Hmm. The movie plans to sell to the American people and is vexed about the filmmakers and the book's authors not speaking to him or getting authorizations to write about him. However, he said he's not concerned about how he'll be represented in the dock because he's working on a project that bets fits his narrative. As for HBO, Santos vented, quote, F them in their chicken S deal with no inside information or reality facts. Not sure how he'll navigate through any potential comeback trail following his expulsion from Congress. But you got to applaud the hustle. Decision came following a controversial time in office, which included multiple felony charges. For now, he's been busy advising his fans to, quote, let the haters hate on Cameo for $200 a video. Man, he's getting 200 a pop? Man. Oh, George Santos, do your thing. Did Make you it s- rain. Did you see that uh, John Fetterman from Pennsylvania completely trolled George Santos? Oh, I did not. Yeah. He bought a vid? He bought a video <laughs> to Bob Melendez. And asked and told him to resign, and he used George Santos to try the uh, the Democratic like uh, Melendez rep- needs to resign. Melendez, yeah, absolutely, yeah, he needs to resign. But it's he used ridiculous. George Santos as the vehicle. Wow, I did not know that. But I mean, if you're not talking to George Santos and asking George Santos about George Santos, you're probably going to get a more accurate statement not talking to him than you will anything from uh, from George Santos. So. I don't know. I just I, I find that uh, wow, that's a good one. I'm gonna look that up in the commercial break. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he trolled him with the uh, with the video for uh, for Bob Melendez. And finally, uh, here's a a good story w- with all the negativity around Britney Spears. It's a sad story, but it sounds like it's gonna have a happy ending. And while you're googling Henry, I'll uh, just tell this to you. Britney Spears' dad, Jamie Spears, had his leg amputated a month ago. But it sounds like there's hope for father-daughter reconciliation. Now, sources with direct knowledge say that Jamie had a massive infection in one of his legs that landed him in a hospital for weeks. He had five unsuccessful surgeries to contain the infection. Doctors decided the only way to proceed was amputation. Mm. But apparently, Jamie's not doing well. He's had other ailments and has been downcast amid the torrent criticism over his handling of the conservatorship, something he thinks is terribly unfair. Remember, Jamie is the one who moved from Louisiana to take uh, to take care of his daughter, Brittany, back in 2007. Lots of people who were involved back then, they say Jamie may have saved Brittany's life. Now, here's where the twist comes in. Apparently, Brittany has softened towards her dad recently. There have been times where she said she misses her dad and once even talked about, about uh, sending him money to help him out. As for Jamie, it sounds like there's nothing you'd rather have than a reconciliation with his daughter and harbors no ill will. Now, it sounds like uh, Brittany has been uh, trying to mend family fences as of late. She invited her mom, Lynn, to L.A. over the weekend for her 42nd birthday party. They got along great. Sounds like they've been talking on the phone for weeks and are forging a new relationship. Brittany also invited her sister, Jamie Lynn, to the party, but she was out of town and couldn't attend. Uh, By the way, Brittany is also communicating with her sister. Her brother, Brian, did join in over the weekend. Apparently, Brittany misses her family, and now that she's told her truth in her memoir, 
She wants to reconnect, and Jamie would be the last piece of that puzzle. What's interesting, though, is whether reestablishing a relationship with her dad would have an impact on the legal action in play over allegations over the conservatorship. I hope not, because I love to see families get back together. I love to see families figure it out. I love to see families, uh, family members communicating with each other and just loving on one another and not get so caught up in this whole world of, of being distrustful and being upset at people. And I, I just, I hope things work out. I mean, Brittany's had a lot of garbage over the last several years and some of it's self-inflicted. Let's, let's not, you know, I don't want to make her out to be the victim. But sometimes I feel like maybe people just come to this point where you want to repair those relationships with family because they mean more to you at that point. And I guess at the end of the day, if they can all reconnect on some level. That matters. That that would definitely, I think it sounds like it would do her some good and probably everybody in that family. Yep. All right, that's going to wrap up Word on the Street. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather. And then after that, don't rely on chat GPT to be your doctor and give you good medical advice. We'll tell you why next on The Lake Show. Chat GPT, which I'm going to tell you, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about what this all entails. Um, I know it is a, a part of that whole, what, we, what do we say, AI world now, right? Yes, yeah. Well, according to CNBC, because there's a free version of this chat GPT. That free version may provide inaccurate or incomplete responses or no answer at all to medication-related questions, according to research by pharmacists at Long Island University. Uh, the study demonstrates that patients and healthcare professionals should be cautious about relying on OpenAI's viral chat box for drug information and verify any of the responses with trusted sources, the study's lead author said. Chat GPT was widely seen as the fast, fastest growing consumer internet app of all time following its launch roughly a year ago, ushering in a breakout year for artificial intelligence. So what they're saying here is that this free version may provide some inaccurate or incomplete responses okay, to questions related to medications. Pharmacists now at Long Island University who posed 39 questions to the free chat GPT in May deemed that only 10, only 10 out of the 39 of the chat box's responses were satisfactory. That's it. Satisfactory. That's Oof. not a great, no. you know, based on criteria that they established. Chat GPT's responses to the 29 other drug-related questions did not directly address the question asked or were inaccurate, incomplete, or both, the study said. This is the bottom line to me, and then I'll let you weigh in on this, is that, Chris, there's a lot of things in life that when we talk about going down that rabbit hole of information, you always have to fat check it with an expert, with a doctor, whatever. This is that situation here. Just because you hop on Google or you try to go to Wikipedia and you try to self-diagnose or whatever, that never works, right? You actually got to go to the doctor to get checked out. Or you got to talk to the doctor about what the issues are to actually get checked out. 
So there are certain things and I guess my 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 I guess my point here is that there are certain things in life you just don't leave to the internet. Oof. You don't do it. Well, I, I mean, apparently we've been leaving things to the internet over the last four or five years, but I digress. Yeah, th- this is something that if you're going to want some serious and, and you know very vital information about serious topics, then you can't rely on artificial intelligence. Like you, you can't get into this automated conversation about. You know, something that could potentially have some serious health ramifications. Now, if you want to talk to, you know, the chat GPT or AI, you know, whatever, just about, you know, you want to talk about the college football playoff, did Florida State get screwed? Fine. You can do you can do that. But I, I don't know these individuals that would just be like, I'm going to go to chat GPT. I'm going to trust them over any medical professional. I feel like if you're making that decision, then you're making some very, very poor choices. I would hope that you wouldn't be somebody that would just rely on chat GPT. Because, I mean, how many times have you typed something into a chat and you get a response that doesn't make any sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not foolproof. Like... Yes, this, and that's what. Yeah, it's not foolproof. No, yeah, it, it's not. And I think we need to take this with a grain of salt and say, well, yeah, maybe down the road you could look at that as the end all be all. But right now, you can't rely on any AI or Chat GPT to rely to guide you through very serious situations. And, and that's what we're talking about: medications and health issues. Like that's serious stuff. Yeah, and, and 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 if you're relying on the internet to give you just, I mean, you got to cross check it, like it fact check it. You you got to go through the the different protocols to make sure that you're going to be um, in a safe space. Because if you feel like okay, let me just go here, and then you never like act to an, ask an actual professional mm-hmm. if this ver if this is something that they can verify, then you're not doing yourself um, a good service. I, I feel like. With chat GPT and all of these chat bots that you might, you know, you go to and it's like, would you like to talk with our virtual assistant? I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in having a conversation with a new version of Teddy Ruxpin. Okay, I I don't need that because at its core, I feel like it's going to give you a very basic explanation. It's going to give you a very basic response. And even if you continue that conversation you're not going to get that in-depth information from somebody who's willing to ask a real follow-up question mm-hmm. because there's got to be that, that human element when it comes to dealing with your health. Again, if you're talking about entertainment or you know just for s and giggles, then yeah, absolutely, you know, have some fun with it. But I, I would not, I would never ever trust solely 100% to go like, hey, whatever this automated bot is giving me, I'm going to go with that. And that is going to be my answer because there's always going to be some level of, I feel misunderstanding when it comes to that. Yeah. It's just me. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I just, there's certain things you just don't want to leave to the internet. Yeah. 
You know, and it, it doesn't because it doesn't. There's too many incomplete questions. Yeah, too too many. You need to. I feel like you need to have a professional asking you the follow up question because to me, you know, when you're going to the doctor, you're going wherever. Like, yeah, they're asking you a question, but then they're asking you a follow-up. And one has to do with another. You can't you can't get a continuation of a conversation and have it be fluid. I, I feel like it would be very disjointed. It says the study indicates that patients and healthcare professionals should be cautious about relying on chat GPT for drug information and verify any other responses from the chat box. Uh, for patients that can be their doctor or government-based medication information website, such as the National Institutes of Health, Health's Medline Plus, she said. An open AI spokesperson said the company guides chat GPT to inform users that they, quote, should not rely on its responses as a substitute for professional medical advice or traditional care. You can say that till you're blue in the face. You could put that in big, black, bold letters. And some people won't get it. Some people are not going to read that. You could have that be the entire screen, and people would scroll past that to find the small print. Like You can only do so much for people if they're not willing to – if they're not willing to, to understand that. And some people might not. Like Some people might genuinely feel like they're giving them detailed information. But, I, again, I just feel like it's so generic – like there's just basic information that's being because chat, chat GPT is only like a year old. I mean, you think about that in all of the other apps and information that we've got, like to rely solely on something that is a year old just doesn't seem like it's in your best interest. And I hope uh, I hope and, you know, there might come a time when you can use it more advanced, but I'm glad that they put that disclaimer out there. Yep. All right, 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Something I want to get to and talk about before we wrap up the show. Next. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. And I, and I want to touch on something before we um, wrap up the show. You know, in the midst of doing a show, um, as you're coming out of break, going into break, going into this topic, going into that topic, whatever, you guys know I'm a very passionate host. Um, I've been known to mix it up with <laughs> with callers at times. But tonight that didn't happen, and I actually was kind of rushing a break. So I didn't really – I didn't react at all, to be honest with you, with a caller that called in earlier by the name of Beave, I think is his name. And the topic was about suburban crime and specifically – um, the article in the paper about e dying and stuff. And I can't remember everything he said because, to be honest with you, I was thinking about I got to get to commercial break and stuff like that, whatever. So I, I heard some of what he said. I can't – I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I heard 100% of every single thing that he said. But I did hear him say something that was extremely racist, essentially that people that um, – that – are part of low-income housing, basically, are just criminals. I think that was kind of the gist of what he was – like, as 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 Edina has or any suburb suburban area that has an influx of people that go into low-income housing, then the crime and the problems start, which is a pretty 
ridiculous thing to say. Um, and I didn't check him on it because um, I didn't. I, I'm trying to get the break, and I didn't hear every single thing that he said. I did hear that though. Like, like I'm a smart enough guy. Um, I'm an understanding enough guy, and I should have just left him on the line, and I probably should have checked him and said something right then and there as opposed to just rushing to commercial break to get to something else. Um, and I apologize because there were people offended out there. There are a couple people. Um, I got uh, somebody that waited on a text line. Um, I got an email. So, so hey, I, I, first off, I want to thank the people that communicated with the show and said, man, Lake, Deal with that guy next time, and I promise you I will. But, yeah, that was that was not um, – I didn't agree with the take. Um, I should have went at the take. Uh, I dropped the ball there. Well, I, I think, though, in, in your defense, when something like that comes up, you're usually – like I get defensive, though. Well, you get defensive, but at the same time, if something inappropriate is said – you, I, I, tonight I blew it off, kind of like okay, whatever. Thanks, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, but but you you didn't blow it off because you didn't care, or you 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 didn't blow it off. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You, yeah. you had we had to get to a break because yeah, th- there there's a clock right that there are breaks we have to take at certain times, and that's when like people will call and you'll say, hey, we're up against the clock. That's oh, yeah, I mean, in, in the producer world, you guys would be like, hey, you're going through the stop sign, you know? You guys, yeah, that's, you guys. that's it. Like, th- th- there are times where <laughs> I get it's it, like, I get it, yeah. Yeah, and, and little inside baseball here, there are times where we do need to be like, hey, we got to we gotta get out, we got to get yeah. out. And, so, and, 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 and there are times, though, where it's like, no, hold on, I, I, let's deal with this, right? So, so yeah. there, it's, it's on both sides. Yeah, yes. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I understand what you're saying now. And what I'm trying to say to people out there is that is that I own that. Like like it, I don't have a f- a four second now. All the lights started coming. I'm like, what's going on in, in here? Um, yeah, I mean, I own when I feel like I didn't do my part on a topic or a subject with a call or whatever. Yeah. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that we and we got- don't approve of. That, that particular line, no, tape. That's, no. just, that's just a ridiculous tape it, it, in general. It, it is. It, it is. And I feel like if that call would have been a little bit earlier on in the segment, even just like three, four minutes, like you would have had an opportunity well, to. That's another thing. With, you, with, with topics like that, this is how it usually works. I'm yeah. talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. And then the moment we're about to switch subjects or go to commercial break or whatever, call. then people start calling in. When you've been asking, does anybody want to weigh in? Does anybody want to talk? Does anybody want to weigh in? Does yeah. anybody want to talk? And nobody will call. And then the moment you're going to commercial break or you're getting ready to transition to something else, then a couple people want to call. It's like, well, how, how do you do? How do you maneuver that? I, in, in the world of radio, like we've moved on now. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a format, and there are times where we can break it, but there are also times where it's like. When you tease something, yeah. you got to deliver on. No, it. for sure, for you, sure, you have to pay it off. But 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 I will say this to to the to the listening audience: so that was not. I'm not making an excuse for that. Mm-hmm. I, I should have just took out thirty seconds and been like, yeah. "Dude, you're 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 wrong." Well, I, you know, I I mean, you can look at it, you know, hindsight and pretty, like, that's a pretty distasteful take. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is absolutely, and, and I think. We knew what it was without having to say it. I feel like there are a lot of our listeners out there that are, are smart enough to, to figure that out and be like, oh, wait a minute. But that also tells you that 
you've got people that are invested in it. Absolutely. That are calling you Absolutely. or that are texting you and that are emailing you about that. Absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Let me, let me say this because I'm glad you brought up that point because I was at um, a movie premiere and screening on Sunday night and I had a couple people walk up to me that said, man, I listen to your show. And you get after it sometimes. Like, like you really, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the stances and the takes that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you. I, I, I appreciate you listening, and, I, and I, that means a lot that you said that. Um, and I, I take pride in that. As you should. At, 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 the, at the same time, though, I just got to be honest. Sometimes, sometimes, man, you just get tired of the racism. You just do. Sometimes in this world when you're, especially me in this position, and I'm speaking for so many, you get tired of the racism, man. You just do. And you don't always want to, you don't always want to have to deal with this BS. That's, that's all. I can imagine that it, it does get tiring and it does get frustrating. You know, I'm a white man from southwestern Minnesota. Like, I, I don't. I don't deal with it at all, but I'm glad that I have an opportunity to see you on a daily basis. And, and, you know, I would never say this to your face, but I respect you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And people think that they're slick and some people will, will, yeah. will say things and certain lingo and cold and come on, man. Yeah. You, what I appreciate about this show, Henry, is that. I learn something by listening to how you talk about a situation or a topic. Like, I'm learning. Like, there are things out there that I would be like, oh, is that really how it is? Like, I can't relate to the the racism as a black man and, and how, you know, people talk to you. So in that respect... I mean, I'm almost 50, and I feel like there are just some things that I look at, and I I gain an appreciation of how you handle your business on this show. Because I know there are times where things bother you oh, and, thing, sure. and things irritate you. And I mean, as and nobody wants to come to work every night mad about something. No, <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, you, you got to deal with me on a daily basis. That should be enough aggravation. <laughs> but no, I, I I see it, and you know, my job as a producer. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it for a long time. You ride that fine line of, you know, how far do you push, and then when do you scale it back? And it's, I mean, th- there's still a lot of very uncomfortable conversations that we need to have and that we're going to continue to have. And for you to be the mouthpiece, I mean, that's, I can't think of anybody better, honestly. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. But I also, you know, my first time back, cause we got about whoop, a minute left. Uh, yeah. Minute, f- minute 15. Okay. Minute 15. Let me say this in closing. I just want to thank Geraldine still for being so amazing. <sighs> She's so good. Geraldine Steele was on these airways for 27 years. 27 years. Geraldine Steele is one of the nicest, kindest, articulate, 
sweetest human beings you're ever going to meet on planet Earth, and she's so talented. She can talk about everything. You can have any conversation with her. Musically so talented and gifted as a singer. Oh. Um, and everybody knows about her family. Geraldine, I love you. I'm going to miss you in terms of listening to your show, having you be around here, having you be a colleague of all of ours. Um, it doesn't get any better. Geraldine, thank you so much, and I appreciate you. And I value your friendship. All right, uh, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Full show, 6 until 9, right here at The Lake Show on The Good Neighbor. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.